0: Shut up, shut up, shut, stay up, shut up, stay, stay, up. Lean. stay, stay lean. Lean. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And... I, Sasha, I, I was going to ask you how you are, but I just have to get this out of the way first because I feel like there's an elephant in the room uh-huh. of this episode. Which one of my least favorite things about sports journalism and just the social media in general, but anytime you cover anything where results change quickly or something can be different within days, uh, months, year, is the idea of, well, that did not age well. And we, we get that a lot at Hill varsity. In fact, somebody just recently found a tweet from the day Fred Hoiberg was hired and responded and said, this didn't age well. And it's like, it's almost implying that you just shouldn't cover anything because you, you can't predict the future. You can't predict how a coach is going to perform or not. And so in that case, it's like, well, we, we have to, you know, we're going to talk about that person when they're hired or when they do something great. Right. Anyway all of that to say, we recorded last, the previous episode to this one. And then within like 24 hours, one of the individuals we spoke about, which if you have not listened to that episode, just, you know, to give you a little backstory, we basically were talking about some historic moments in the Olympic for Mm -hmm. very specific women's athletes and still stand by everything we said. But one of the, one of the individuals we was talk we were talking about I just want to like preface. I am saying this in the most American way possible. I was listening to how her name is said the other day, and it sounds so much better when somebody who is a native Russian speaker says <laughs> it. But Camilla vale- Valeva, Valeva. Oh my gosh, her her name sounds so much better when it's not me saying it. Um, she is the 15 year old Russian figure skater. It it basically we spoke about how incredible she is, and then within. About 24 hours of that, it turns out she is caught up in another Russian doping scandal, not another for her, but just mm-hmm. in general. So we're going to just you know what? We're going to have a little chit chat to do about <laughs> that since we spoke about that uh, before we hop into it, though, Sasha. How is life outside oh. of like within 24 hours last week? I was like, ah, crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw that happened and I was like, well, <laughs> I guess we're gonna need to talk about that. Yep. Other than that, um, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I uh was just in Oregon for four days. And any of you who live on the West Coast, God bless you, I don't understand how you do it. The West Coast, Pacific time, the Pacific time zone is just very strange. Yeah. Um I felt so out of sorts. Every day I woke up and I would wake up at like 5.30, 6am, not because of choice, but just because that's when my body was waking up mm-hmm. and already felt like I was late in my day because here, and when I say here, where I, where we live in the central time zone um, I was already in my mind, like two hours behind.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It just, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was not great. Um, Can you
0: talk about why you were in Oregon yet?
1: Yeah, I can share a little bit about it. Um, I've shared a little bit on different social platforms, but I have been fortunate to be working with Nebraska Public Media on um, a project that I, I will wait to kind of announce more specifics on what the project is until we get closer, but there's just a number of like pieces within this project. For instance, you'll probably, if you watch any of um, state wrestling, Nebraska state wrestling, I should be clear on Saturday or through the weekend, you may hear my voice being used in a special on the fact that this is the first year of girls wrestling in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on some different projects with them. And one of them is on Sedona Prince at Oregon and how she really has been changing, not just women's basketball, but women's sports and sports. Also, I should say beyond just for women, but for any athlete who has, um, really she, like, for instance, um, she speaks very openly about equality for the gay athlete and for any athlete who, essentially has been overlooked maybe not um given the same equitable treatment um Mm -hmm. so I was there to interview her for a piece of this project and I can confirm she is as cool and incredible as you think for somebody who is as young as she is she is 21 years old she just feels to me like if you ever have a moment I don't I don't It doesn't matter what you believe in, whether you're, it doesn't matter what your faith or anything is, but I I am always like, if you ever want a reason to believe somebody was put on this earth, however they got here with a purpose, Sedona Prince is one of those people where you just kind of get this feeling where it's like, she was created to be a lightning rod Mm -hmm. and She's just so cool. And she's so she's so confident and so sure in herself. And I know that that's all sometimes a facade in the sense that like we can, from an outsider's perspective, be like, it looks like you have everything together when they maybe don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But she has such a strong support system from her family to her girlfriend, to her teammates, where she is just so sure of who she is and what she's doing in life. It was It was truly an honor to meet her um but i'm so excited it'll be a little while before you know anyone gets to see some of what was created this weekend but yeah. i'm excited when people do so i have been on the west coast and i'm i feel jet lagged
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know I like, like when i'll feel like i'm not
0: <laughs> yeah i uh it's still for whatever reason difficult for me to, when i'm booking things for other people like trying to coordinate time zones is oh, still yeah. really difficult for me. I don't know why I'm 37 years old <laughs> I've Been here a while. It's still just difficult for me.
1: <laughs> it's so, it's so hard. I, yeah. Well, I'm excited. We'll, we'll definitely have to talk more about it as we get closer. There's so much to be excited about in 2022. Um, especially when we talk about the history of women's sports, we think about what we're going to get to see with the, NCAA women's basketball tournament and the fact that it's carrying the March Madness branding for the first time. But even beyond that, we're looking at a, the 50 year, um, 50 years of title nine passing and what that ultimately means for not mm-hmm. only women in sports, but just women in general with the, the continued, the continued hope for equity in, in sports activities and beyond. Um, there's a lot that we will be able to celebrate and look forward to but unfortunately for now we have to talk about i look i want to just stand by what i said camilla is still going to be a once in a generation talent in figure skating i stand by i when we talk about what is happening in the olympics i stand by everything i said i i mean everything if you are not watching her you should Performance enhancing drugs do not make someone jump the way she does. Like mm-hmm. her talent at a just basic level is significant. So I'm not, I, I just, I don't want to take away from that because she's in, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, she still is. I also have to remind myself, she is only 15 years old. She is only 15 years old. And so let's just kind of discuss, I guess, exactly what happened um because i sent this to i sent this to sasha and was like well here's what happened so camilla ultimately it was determined that she tested positive for some form of performance enhancing drug from december how it took this long to get this like i don't understand these things um but basically and i i realize now i um didn't actually pull up the initial story that i i sent you sasha um this drug itself is a banned substance that is typically used to treat heart patients mm-hmm. and it it is essentially like meant for um i guess well it's meant for heart patients as they're recovering from different things but right. in some sport if people are using it what it's usually for is to help with blood flow in your heart but then also help with recovery because if Mm -hmm. your heart is pumping blood quicker and more efficiently, you're going to recover quicker. Now, since then, um, her camp and the Russian Federation of athletes or whatever have ultimately said it was caused by her grandfather's medication. She had, it was something that he was taken, whatever, um, the argument was contamination from something that her grandpa again was taking. I'm just looking at like the brief, like write up from Yahoo sports. Yeah. Um, it, it, I guess it was a very minimal amount. It was like a trace amount of the medication was found in her system. So the belief is it could have been like, she shared a glass with him, mm-hmm. um, something. And it, apparently those are things that could like legitimately happen, Um, regardless it was taken from a sample that she provided on December 25th during the Russian national championships the lab returned it on February 7th with the with the positive result um she was provisionally suspended but the Russian anti-doping agency reinstated her um the uh what's it called the court of (laughs) arbitration for Sport. Um, ultimately ruled that she is allowed to compete because she is a protected person. So at 15 years old, she is considered essentially a protected person. And when that happens, it means um, the way that at least I understand it is because of her age, she is not able to essentially make certain decisions for herself.
0: Okay. And yeah.
1: So therefore, um, that is their explanation of why she is allowed to continue competing. Now, I did say this to Sasha this whole thing is very sad to me, whether or not they ultimately determine, um, it is because she shared a glass with her grandfather or what now I, there are a lot of people who, um, have been very critical of this, including f- former Nebraska, or Nebraska, former United States, uh, figure skater. It'd be fun. If he was from Nebraska, Adam, yeah. Adam Rippon, he basically questioned, like he, he called into question, like how much, like she and her team actually didn't know like it, it it just feels fishy we can't we shouldn't uh we shouldn't you know pass judgment if we really don't know but the russian the russians don't exactly have a great track right like they don't have exactly a great history uh with doping which we'll get into a, in a second but Regardless of who know what, who knew what and when and all of these things, it makes me sad because she's 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And yes, at 15 years old, you are not making you are not making decisions for yourself. So whether somebody did actually give her something or whether I don't know, there's just a lot of things here where I'm like, I don't love the fact that she is so young and her name is now caught up in this. Right.
0: Right. Because
1: it's just not, it's just sad. That's the only word I can use is it's just sad.
0: (laughs) I think it's, it's very sad, especially when you, you know, especially at that age, um, and being the caliber of talent that she has, knowing that there is a huge team behind her that helps her prep for all of this coaching, parenting, things like that. Um, yeah, it's, and like you said, in, in our conversation, like it just sucks for her um, even more so outside of all of this is that now there has to be an asterisk by her name.
1: Yeah, because so this is, I'm, these are coming from Yahoo sports. Um, so Yahoo sports talked about how that, and I, I just want to keep saying it um, because it's such a funny name. The, where is it? The committee for, Oh, the court of Ar- arbitration for sport. That's <laughs> um, amazing. So they just say the CAS but they ultimately, in citing her as a protected person, saying she's too young to fully understand what she is taking, the um, Olympic Committee essentially had no choice but to mer- permit her to skate. So the, the International, International Olympic Committee ultimately was who then said it's she is going to skate because mm-hmm. based on the CAS's recommendation and information, they should not be then saying she can't. Um, so here's what the IOC said in a statement. In the interest of fairness to all athletes in the nation's concerned, it would not be appropriate to hold the medal ceremony for the figure skating team event during the Olympic Winter Games in Beijing 2022, as it would include an athlete who on the one hand has a positive A sample, but whose violation of the anti-doping rules has not yet been established on the other hand. So essentially it was if she finishes in one of the top three positions. So in deciding that she would get to skate and continue with the competition, it was ultimately decided by the IOC if she competes and medals, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter gold, silver, bronze, there will be no flower stone ceremony and no medal ceremony that would take place as a result of it. Um, so, spoiler alert, I just want to tell you if you have not yet watched, if you have not yet watched the Olympics, skip forward 15, 30 seconds right now. If you, I, I'm just telling you right now, when we are recording, you will have had an opportunity to have watched this. If you want to, it will have, it will have premiered in prime time Mm -hmm. by this point. Yeah. I'm telling you skip forward. I'm going to say it now. Okay. She won gold in the individual. So she has, I'm just, I'm just letting everyone know. Um, if you're like, (laughs) what's the, what actually happened? Um, she, she, of course, was amazing, did everything. Mm-hmm. Um yes. So apparently from what Ev- all of the reporters that are there have said, um she did not receive much fanfare when she went on the ice and was finished. Obviously, she did from the rest of the Russian delegation, but few other athletes in attendance cheered yeah. or provided any support, which again, this is all very sad. She's 15. Yeah. This is, a, but anyway, so she, it, I'm excited to see it myself. It was called a beautiful, sad performance. Um, she stumbled on a triple axle, but she was able to finish with 82.16 points, which soared the first place. Um, it wasn't her best performance when we talk about point scoring, but, uh, long story short, there will not be. So this is for, I should say, for the women's short program. So she has won gold. Yeah. There will not be a ceremony, and um, so get forward. Uh, you can now rejoin us. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, like how you do spoiler alerts during the Olympics. At this point, you can't open your phone and not see that. Right. But just in case,
0: there was your spoiler alert. <laughs> Um I think that it's I mean it's it's sad all around because it's not only then at this point affecting her it's also affecting whoever you know placed silver whoever placed bronze um does that like so no ceremony does that mean they're not doing any of the medals for that mm-hmm. oh that's say so that won't would hold a medal
1: ceremony of any that's kind that's
0: really difficult like especially like mm-hmm one, I think that that, that puts even more like undue pressure on her. Um, because of course, if you go to the Olympics and you meddle in something to have that taken away from you, because of whatever happened with another individual is that would be, that just adds another layer of heartbreak to the whole situation. That's really sad.
1: And it is really hard because so Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir are two former, mm-hmm. uh, United States figure skaters who now, um, are well known for, uh, their commentary, both during the Olympics and beyond, um, in United States figure skating, obviously they have strongly contempt, condemned the Olympics decision to allow her to continue to skate and to be positive, you know, be a part of this, um, a number of them have talked about how and it kind of it's similar to what we were saying when you and I were talking individually, Sasha, that mm-hmm. um, it was it, it's a complicated feeling because we had walked away from watching her originally and just feeling like in awe of what she was doing. And again, I stand by the fact that I still believe she is one of the best figure skaters we will watch in this lifetime. She's mm-hmm. just a natural talent. And the drugs she took does not change that. Like it doesn't suddenly make your jumps better. It, it. I, she is just talented. And I can also agree though, with both Johnny Weir, Tara Lip- Lipinski, Adam Rapon, everybody who keeps kind of coming forward and saying like, it's not fair to the other athletes because you need to be able to compete fairly and cleanly. Mm-hmm. I completely get that. In fact, there is a bigger kind of storyline to that piece, but when it comes to her, I, I don't want to take away from how special of an athlete she is. My hope is that this can be. Th- I, my hope is that this changes. Maybe how she goes about competing because mm-hmm. it would be a shame for her to. I don't know, just not get to be that athlete because of this. But the right. the hard part here is that unfortunately, Russia doesn't have the best track record with doping and its use of illegal drugs um just as a quick timeline before we kind of hop back into why there's just a lot of um there's just a lot of pain for some people wrapped up in this decision and beyond and everything else um so, the Russian flag and national anthem are currently banned from the Olympics. If you watch the opening ceremony or if you watch anything, you probably notice that they compete as the Olympic Committee of Russia. They don't compete as Russia. When they win anything, they don't get the Russian national anthem played. A lot of people criticize the way they went about that because it's like, great. You took away um, the the like Russian flag and anthem, but like they're all still allowed to compete. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of whatever. The timeline is essentially in February of 2014, Russia hosted the winter Olympics in Sochi. Um, There was kind of a surprise at that time because Russia finished in the top of the medal table. I'm reading from NBC sports or I'm using them as kind of a help guideline. Um, So this is coming from NBC sports. They did a great job really mapping out. So I'm kind of like taking their timeline and just uh, making it a little bit easier to consume for this, uh, for our podcast, but they won nearly twice as many medals as they had in the 2010 game. So just in four years, they have like doubled the number of medals that they're winning. That obviously uh, raised some eyebrows of like, what were they doing? So Mm -hmm. then by the end of the year, there were reports of um, doping. So there, there were some things that ultimately came out that like, seemed like, Hmm maybe something is going on here and there were a couple of athletes, like one had to go into hiding out of like fear of their safety because, um, they had been banned for doping. So fast forward almost another year into 2015, um, they basically Russia's anti-doping agency was being told. It was being non-compliant. Um, they shut down their national drug t- testing laboratory, uh, other governing bodies, which by the way, there are so many governing bodies of sport. Um, anyway, yeah. the track and field governing body, which this goes back into like what had happened at the end of 2014 with a couple of uh, runners who had been potentially doping um, or were found to have been doping, they ended up suspending the Russian Track Federation for its role in all of this. So we get to May 2016, the New York Times publishes a testimony by the former director of the anti-doping laboratory in Moscow. He, he basically says they were switching out dirty samples for clean ones. Um, and this was all going back to the 2014 winter Olympics and other major events. Um, so of course that started a follow-up, uh, investigation, which they started to uncover hundreds of doping cases by the Russians in dozens of sports um, so, the International Olympic Committee decides to start retesting old samples from Russia from 2008 to 2012 and everything else, and like ultimately ends up banning dozens of Russian athletes. Um, so, Russia then in August of 2016 competes in the uh, Rio de-, de Janeiro Olympics with a reduced number of athletes. Because a bunch of them failed their drug tests, like this is just absolutely absurd. At the time, the IOC did not ban Russia; it was a whole thing. But the Paralympics kicked Russia out of its games. It was like you're done, mm-hmm. you're out. Uh, Russians, Russia's Olympic weightlifting team was banned. Um, it's Just it's the thing is, is it's such a mess. A lot, yeah. So two years into the track ban, specifically, like I said, there's all these different governing bodies who all do different things. So like while you have um, the track contingency saying like we're not allowing you all of this stuff, they end up by 2017, August of 2017, starting to allow Russia to send athletes into national and world or excuse me, to world competitions to compete essentially as neutral athletes. So they can't mm-hmm. compete as Russian athletes. They're not playing the Russian anthem if they're if they win, um, the whole thing. So by the 2018 Winter Olympics in couching, they ultimately decide the IOC makes the decision that they will compete as a, the Olympic athletes from Russia. Two Russians still fail drug tests at that game. <laughs> like it just keeps like like goodness gracious. Um, Thankfully, when Russia hosted the Men's world, men's world Soccer World Cup in like the summer of 2018, there were no issues there. Um, But it just... So long story short, because it just keeps going. Like I'm looking at this timeline and it just, it's like every few yeah. months, there's just another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. There's blaming of corruption and more and all of this stuff. And so like, all I'm saying is, and it goes beyond the Olympics, it goes into all of these world events, these track world events, everything. And they're just... Like by 2019, they're talking about like potentially barring athletes like completely for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, which um, FYI, they did not do because by December 2019, the Russian flag and national anthem are just ultimately banned from the Olympics for four years. So we're in the four years right now. They're competing as the Russian Olympic committee or whatever they say. And. It just, like, with everything. So when you have what happened with Camilla take place, unfortunately, you kind of look at that and you're like, there's not a great track record right. here. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Russia, unfortunately, has not exactly, like, built up a whole lot of trust that you can sit here and go, like, the adults around her. I, like, again, I, I feel so bad for her. I think she is caught, no matter what, in a bad situation. Because let's say hypothetically, Let's say hypothetically it was an accident and she did inadvertently somehow get cross-contamination from her grandfather's medication. No one wants to believe that because it doesn't seem likely based on everything the track else record. Yes. Russia has done. Yes. So um yeah, it's just it it's it's really sad because then if let's say it wasn't cross-contamination and it really was just part of well, Russia's doping again to win medals, she's 15 years old. She is 15 years old and 15 year olds are not exactly like searching on their phone for like best performance enhancing drugs. Now, 15 year olds can make really dumb decisions, Mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't seem likely that a 15 year old was able to get her hands if it was something where she was being given that. It doesn't seem likely that she was able to go find that without the help
0: of an adult of around an adult. Yep. So
1: the whole thing is, is it doesn't really matter whether she knew or not, or whether it was an accident or not, she's not going to get the benefit of the doubt here because people are just like, Russia has not given us a reason to believe that that's possible.
0: Exactly. Especially like when it like was a continuous thing that happened over several years, um, Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's just a sad situation overall. And, and (laughs) I mean, I I feel bad for her, but I feel bad for a lot of the other athletes too.
1: I do because other athletes are looking at this going, what the heck? And one of the Mm -hmm. athletes that is pretty upset by this, because there, there's a lot of pieces wrapped up in this. So ultimately you have, um, ultimately you have who like oversees again, you have all of these federations and all these different people who make decisions. And so ultimately it was, well, she's a protective person, all this. And so by the time it was given to the international Olympic committee to decide what to do with this, they decided to, as we said, allow her to compete because mm-hmm. at this point, it's kind of like we and I'm saying we, as in they are saying, we don't really know yet. Like, you know kind of this we don't know that it was intentional we don't know that it was these things so they decide and make that decision to not play the anthem and not have a ceremony and all of these things whatever but there was one person who took particular interest in this, and it's Shikari Richardson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Shikari tweets Can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine? My mother died, and I can't run, and was also fav- favored to place top three. The only difference I see is I'm a young Black lady. So Shikari is um, a United States sprinter. She is, again, one of. I say again, like I've said it, but I've, I've said this before in other episodes. She is an incredible athlete. She's one of the best runners in not only our country, but in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she, which kind of coming full circle on this, it was kind of cool because I did get to see the track and field stadium at Oregon. And obviously that's where they held the Olympic trials. And it was really yeah. cool to see it anyway. Um, she tested positive for marijuana prior to the um just hard to believe it was just it to the 2020 it cool. games that yeah. were played in 2021 so she had won the 100 meter race at the United States Olympic trials just last summer but then ultimately tested positive for THC and was denied the opportunity to compete at the Tokyo Olympics mm-hmm. so THC is on the world anti-doping agency's list of prohibited substances but so is the drug that Camila had mm-hmm. in her system um, basically here's the thing, the drug that Camilla took is believed to boost athletes endurance and blood efficiency, and eff- yep. Efficiency, which we talked about THC does not do that. So one is a, like one is like an athletic enhancer. One is not, mm-hmm. not a lot of athletes are taking, not a lot of athletes are smoking marijuana for performance reasons. Like you're not like, it's just whatever. Yeah um so their whole situations were handled different differently the fact that uh russia's uh the fact that camila's test was submitted in december but she was not ultimately that the results didn't come back till february and avoided suspension whereas like it was almost immediately for shikari um there's a lot of things here and she said you know for, for Shikari, she's saying with how quickly her test results came back and became public knowledge that as she said, my name and talent was slaughtered to the people. And I get where she's like, I get her frustration here because it feels really inconsistent. And if you're going to be the IOC and you're going to make a decision to ban an athlete from a game over a drug, over failing a drug test. Now, Shikari is, she is an adult based on her age, Mm -hmm. but again, I understand the protective person part and the fact that you could say, well, Camilla couldn't have known what she was being given. And I agree, but at the same time, at the same time, I, I completely agree with, you have to be consistent because if you ultimately say she can not compete, she can't have her medal from the team event, or we're going to take the medals from the um, Olympic committee of Russia, whatever Russian Olympic committee, I always say backwards. Um, If we're going to take their medals, it would suck. But again, I fully believe she is one of the best figure skaters. We will see. She would have the ability to come back in four years, right? She would be she'd be 19 at that point and then she'd probably be able to ke- compete again at 23 like right. i just i do have a really hard time understanding why they're allowing one athlete to continue to compete and not another understanding that the the drugs are different but they're both on the banned substance list right. understanding that they're both of different age but like just because someone is a protected person at some point, then I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but like, when does Russia start saying like, okay, so if we have a bunch of minors competing for us and we have them all doping, but we can play the like, well, they're too young to know. So like, yep. I mean, at what point does it start getting taken advantage of, which where you're just like, well, they weren't old enough. Right. And it sucks because I do think that Camilla is kind of getting caught in this too, but she she's still being allowed to compete
0: <laughs> exactly i i think that i mean there just needs to be a reevaluation of of how how things are handed down like if you're going if it's if it's on the banned substance list it's on the banned substance list i don't think that it should change based on a person's age. If it's on a banned substance list and you ban another athlete from competition, then you need to ban every athlete from competition who used a substance on the banned substance list. It really does suck that she's only 15 years old. However, I think that it, it's just so it just seems really wildly consist, inconsistent between those two cases to like I don't know. And and, and this is like I don't care like what, how people feel about weed. Cause I feel a certain way about it too, but marijuana, whatever. But if it's on a banned substance list and it can bar you from competition, then every substance on the banned substance list should bar you from competition, like period. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, reevaluate the banned substance list. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't
1: like, I I don't like, I've seen some people who have gotten upset with Shikari for pointing out the fact that as a young Black woman, she might have gotten a different result than a young white woman. And here's all I will say to people who get upset by her calling that out is there is a, there is a, there is a track record of Black athletes not being treated fairly mm-hmm. in many, in many many places in sports, but especially at the Olympics, there are also there have been examples, um I'm Googling as we speak. Um, but for Shikari to kind of you know, just point that out that she didn't receive, I guess, maybe the benefit of the doubt. Is right. is I think it was really easy and you know, I saw a lot of, um, very problematic news coverage and just people speaking about Shikari at the time. And a lot of people like to hone in on things that don't matter when it comes to Shikari as an athlete, where Mm -hmm. people don't realize how loaded and, um, what they're actually saying when they talk about, you know, her nails and, um, her bright colored hair and the way that she just carries herself. It's kind of almost like people were using it as a justification of how she could, you know, it's, it's those things where it's like, when we talk about systemic racism, Mm -hmm. this is part of it. When people allow those, they allow themselves to get caught in, well, she does things differently than I would do, or the way that like She lives and the way that she expresses herself is different than me. So therefore I'm going to be different, I'm going to be critical in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the the part that I just I think is really important for people to be careful of is you may go like, Well, I'm not people always jump to this, like, well, I'm not racist. That's not what people are saying. Um, you're not like you're not like actively choosing to be racist, but when we talk about systemic racism and the things that just kind of exist in our world where we can make and pass judgment on someone. There's there's something that you kind of have to think about of like, am I, am I potentially allowing a stereotype to influence my way of thinking?
0: Right, exactly.
1: And I think for Shikari, she's looking at this as um, I maybe didn't get the same, you know, I didn't get the same. It, I imagine, I understand things are a little bit different again with the age piece of it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one part of it. But like, it has to be really hard to look at this, you know, to, to be a young black woman looking at a young white woman and being like, why does she have the ability and the privilege to continue on? But I couldn't, I can understand where Shikari is coming from. And I, I feel <laughs> Uh, right and i think people i i did some see some people who wanted to be critical of shikari for this and be like it's not about race it doesn't really matter what you think it is or is not about it's the fact that shikari can this is her feeling and this is her interpretation of this and the fact that like even the united states track and field federation says it agrees that the international rules regarding cannabis should be Mm reevaluated. like there are doctors who are literally saying like this is, this, this is not a drug that like is performance enhancing. And like, anyway, I just could probably spend an entire episode on that. (laughs) Yeah. If you're critical of Shikari for her feelings, you should really reflect on why you, you should just really reflect Mm -hmm. on why, because here's the thing. It is February. We are in the middle of Black History Month. Um, the The representation of Black athletes at the Olympics is is not high. Um, Arizona State, in fact, has a um, an article that I am looking at right now, which you can go look at. That's you know, the Global Sport Institute CEO has talked about how access and expense are factors and what has essentially limited things like the Olympics from being more diverse and inclusive. And now you might be going, but Aaron, there's athletes from all over the world. I'm talking about from the United States, Mm -hmm. um, from the United States, 225 athletes that are currently in Beijing. Um, it is heavily white. Like it's, and, um, now this is just focused on the winter games. So, um, obviously different, different sports have seen different levels of diversity. Um, but you just don't see as many, like you're not seeing a ton of representation from the United States right now. Um, but even, even in summer Olympics, it's not quite as much as you would think, like, here's a good number of the 2,952 total athletes in the 2018 winter Olympics. 43 of them were black. Um, so again, 2,952 athletes were there and 43 of them were black. Um, that, that is something where there's, there's just, there's reason to kind of just like look into the history of, obviously like there are very famous moments in Olympic history where <laughs> you had um, the raising of the fists on the um, podium and people got really upset about that. Um, But I guess like, and I'm doing a really poor job of kind of speaking to my feelings on this, but I think it just goes back to representation and representation and how important it is. Mm -hmm. And representation matters on not only a national, but a global scale. And so when you're someone like Shikari and you're looking and you see decisions that are being made that don't feel like they're being fairly made, they're not being made in your favor ever, but they're being made in favor of others. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard not to look at that and be like, what's different here. And yes, i I promise you Shikari is smart enough to understand. I promise you that Shikari is smart enough to understand the differences between ages and the drugs and everything else. She's from everything I've ever seen and heard from her. She's a very smart woman. She can make she can reason. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean she cannot have feelings. About exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, like, I think that a lot of this comes back to also, like we say it all the time on this podcast, but like, you've got to at least attempt to understand where people are coming from when they feel a certain way about something. Um, mm-hmm. like I can't even, Im- I would, I would be livid. I would be so angry. Um, if I were Shikari, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, I can a hundred percent see where she's coming from. And that would be entirely frustrating. A lot of these athletes spend the majority of their lives working and honing in on their skills, especially if their dream is to make it to the Olympics, to be able to do this and the hard work and dedication to be essentially taken away from you for, <laughs> smoking marijuana. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) It just needs to be, I I just think that there needs to be a huge reevaluation of, of how, of how these, you know, especially with anti-doping and things like that, just how, like what's on the banned list and how they then hand down their decisions. Um, I don't know. Kind of said it earlier in this podcast, but if it's on the banned substance list, then it, then, treat every situation the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing just to kind of give a little bit more context to what Shikari is talking about. Like, she's not just expressing this in this moment. She's not just feeling this in the most recent, like, um, the last like year, but, um, and this is coming from them.us, um, the, the Olympics, but also just sport in general, um, has placed Limitations on black athletes. in the case of this story that them was sharing, a lot of track stars who are vying for spots in the Tokyo Olympics um, have come forward and accused the Olympics of racism, misogyny, transphobia. Um, it, it's, it's not just Shikari who has faced what she has. And it's it's the... okay. It's the South African track gold medicine. uh, I'm reading from them.us. I want to just point that out. So total credit to them. South African track gold medalist, Caster Semenya failed to qualify for the Olympics after she was forced to switch events when she did not meet hormone requirements for her 800 meter race set by the World Athletics. She had previously been banned from competing in the race because her natural testosterone levels exceeded the maximum leveled uh, maximum levels allowed for that race. Um, she is an intersex, uh, cisgender woman. Um, she would have had to take testosterone suppressants, testosterone suppressants, which she then refused to do. She took that to court, but ultimately lost. Um, Simone Biles has come out and spoken about that and how, um, just wrong that was, um, long story short. And then like, you think about the speaking of Simone Biles, you think of the way that Simone Biles, uh, was treated when she was speaking out on her mental health as an ass athlete. Um, again, there's a uh, transgender runner, Cece Telfer who was deemed ineligible for the United States Olympic trials due to not meeting the world athletics hormone level requirement. Again, Um, Then you had the news that broke uh, before the Olympics in Tokyo that swimming caps for natural black hair um, would be rejected by the International Swimming Federation for not fitting the natural form of the head. Um, So black women swimmers were not basically allowed to wear the swim caps that would be right for them with the type of hair that they have they were being forced to have to wear hair swim caps that were designed for the hair of a white person which is very different like our hair is different yes. um it is just like i just want to point out that these are like one thing after another where like if you are shikari and you're looking at all of this and you're seeing these decisions that are made against black athletes on the international level, but they're obviously facing them on national levels too. But I'm talking when you're looking at the international level and it's not just like, it's not just you, but this athlete is getting denied. This athlete's getting denied. Oh, but okay. If you're somebody who wants to come and argue with me and be like, well, blah, blah, blah. I want to argue against the testosterone levels, which like, just so you know, um, testosterone levels can be just about anywhere with any woman, regardless of anything. Like we are all built so different. And so the fact that there are people out there who would have to then go take a suppressant because of the way that their bodies are naturally made, like, excuse me, I get really fired up about stuff like that because people like to use key situations where they're like, well, what about this? And it's like, yeah, what about what, like what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yes, there are transgender athletes, but like you focus so dang hard on one individual that like you don't realize how many other people you're harming in your pathway and you're harming that person, too. But I'm just saying like you're you're harming a lot of people. But like in addition to that, if you're going to come at that, explain the swim cap situation. Explain yes. why you can't make a swim cap work for a black athlete because they need a different swim cap. Like, if you're Shikari and you're seeing all of this, it gets really damn hard to be patient.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it really
1: damn hard not to look at it and be like, what? Why? Why could I not have competed? So, I get where she's coming from. I get her frustration. I understand the situations are different. Again, I promise you she does too. If there's anyone who's been incredibly thoughtful through this entire thing, it's been Shakari Richardson because she has taken full responsibility for everything. She went on the Today show and talked about it and told people, I'm not looking for empathy. I'm not looking for you to feel sorry for me. I'm not looking. I just want to be able to compete. And the fact that her suspension, it was like a couple of days she couldn't participate in the relay. And it was a couple of days in there's just I think this is just a really you know what there's a reason that this is one of the least viewed Olympics to date, um but I also think this is once again another really, really good wake up call of people choose to allow it to be of are we treating our athletes are is are we treating them fairly are we treat- is it is it equitable like we spend I spend a lot of time me personally i spent a lot of time talking about the equity between men's and women's sports and shit i should probably start turning my attention to also like just equity within like women's sports are we treating black women the same as white women in a lot of cases we aren't like we we really aren't like there are there's a lot of reason to say that like you know we we talk about things like oh gosh um i keep freezing my computer is like look you need to tone it down um we talk a lot about just like the advance, the advancements that women have made in sports, which is great. Like we have come a long way in 50 years since title IX passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot that still needs to be done. And a lot of it is like, a lot of it is when we start looking at um, the treatment of black women in this space. And, you know, like I said, like, this is maybe a good like little reality check for me where it's like, yes, I'm going to keep talking about the inequities between men's and women's sports, because I absolutely think that we can, but like, or we actually should, but it doesn't mean that I can't put some attention within women's sports too, because when you aren't looking at like equity within women's sports, it's going to end up being like, we're going to keep running into a lot of these situations. Now, again, this isn't a perfect example because 15 year old and 21 year old and all this crap. But like I get, I can get Shikari's frustration and I don't want people to dismiss Shikari's frustration because Her frustration is one that legitimately needs to be evaluated because she she she's allowed to feel that. And she probably has she has a point like there's probably some there's probably some benefit of the doubt for whatever reason wrapped up in a young Russian figure skater that Shikari was not given.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think ultimately, like, that's kind of the the maybe bigger broader conversation here is just you know you have to look at all all sides of it um yes um yes camilla's 15 yes um i don't know i this is so frustrating to me to like even try to put into words just mm-hmm. because like um like looking at things all encompassingly obviously the olympic committee the banned substances all of that um is Is showing that it's not, it's an imperfect system. Things aren't looked at the same way. Things aren't treated the same way. Like I think that overall broader conversation that maybe there is something, there are some things, maybe quite a few things that need to be reformed in the way that they hand down suspensions and the way that they handle things. Maybe we, maybe in general. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And this is the stuff where like, I told Sasha, we weren't going to like have a full like hour of this conversation but you know what it's one of it's important i would say by the time you're listening to this we are a little over halfway through the winter olympics for 2022 um all i can hope is as somebody who grew up loving the olympics grew up just loving has grown up loving sports like any of us listening to this like i assume many of us love sports for different reasons um we need to keep, we need to keep having these conversations, even if it makes us uncomfortable. Like, even if we're like, Oh, I just, I don't know if like, I think it doesn't matter being able to like step back and be like, okay, maybe I don't a hundred percent understand Shikari's point, but I'm going to at least have the conversation. I'm at least going to like, I'm at least going to give her the respect to look, look into it and Mm -hmm. understand it. It will make sport better because that is, that is ultimately, the goal is to make this, to make this equitable. And I'm going to leave this. Okay. This feels really fitting. It brings it all full circle, um, for now, but when I was in Oregon, they had these shirts that I ended up getting one. Um, but they are their like they were made for pride uh, month in their, their pride shirts, but I really liked what they said. And they, this is, and it's It's really great across the board. Doesn't like speak to one any. Okay. Anyway, the shirts say sport is not interested in what you believe or who you love. Sport builds bridges and brings people together. Sport demands to be played. And in their case, I said, and all ducks come to play, but in my mind, all athletes come to play, all athletes come to prove that they're being the best sport is not something that actually divides and tears people together unless we let it. So in my opinion, in this moment of time, when we're looking at what can we do, I think giving Shikari the space to openly talk about why this feels not great to her is a good thing. And also recognizing that like, you can feel sad for Camilla and for anyone else who, um, potentially gets themselves into a real bad situation, whether it be by accident or by being manipulated by adults around them. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Shikari has a valid point and can feel really jaded. And so how do we make this better? How do we hold the people who are making decisions accountable and make them, how do we, how do we make things fair? So I don't, I mean, we don't have the answer for that this week, but, um, It's just something that like, if you're going out into the world and you're having these conversations, just at least be mindful of like, give space to people, give space to people to feel the things that they feel, because these are how we make change. So what Shikari is bringing up may sincerely bring some change. And I hope it does because she deserved to compete last summer and she should go, she should go make a big deal about it.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree
1: with that. We're going to, because I could go yell for like another half an hour, but we won't do that. We'll be back next week. Who knows what the world of sport will throw at us in the next week, considering the Olympics, like I said, are only about halfway through. Well, they're a little over halfway through, but a lot will probably happen. So (laughs) as uh, we see what comes next, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. We appreciate you subscribing, um, rating, you can send us an email. Yes. Find your own podcast you. at, at Sasha Sasha's at Sasha72 on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter. And we'd love to hear from you. So reach out. But until then, we'll we'll just be giving space to people to keep these conversations going. And we will talk to you next week.
0: Bye. <laughs> A huda media production.